four. Tell somebody, as for me and my family. You can fill in the blanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As for me and my family, we will prosper. As for me and my family, we'll serve the Lord. As for me and my family, we'll be above and not be flee. Isn't it? As for me and my family. As for me and my family. Today is as for me and my family. Amen. You know. I, I don't know. I've just sent, sent the QR code. I was about to share some family thing with you, but my mother and my nephew will be like, oh, why is auntie sharing this? But remind me, I'll share it anyway. You know, when we said as when I remember. Joshua 24, 14 to 18. So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Amen. Which means that there's a kind of serving and there's a kind of serving. Have you gone to visit somebody or you were invited to spend a weekend somewhere and you could see that the way you were being taken care of, it wasn't wholeheartedly. When you wake up, there's not even a slice of bread around. And then when they see your hungry face, they will ask you, do you want us to go to the shop and get some bread? <laughs> but we will serve the Lord wholeheartedly. Put away for, forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. Amen. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors and serve beyond your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? It doesn't matter where we live. Because, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And all the people replied, we would never abandon the Lord and serve other gods. How many of you know that at some point they still did abandon the Lord? <laughs> uh, so, you know, Pastor Sam mentioned it today. It's about being intentional. Verse 17, for the Lord our God is the one who rescued us and our ancestors from the slavery in the land of Egypt. He performed mighty miracles before our very eyes. May the Lord perform mighty miracles before your very eyes. As we travel through the wilderness among our enemies, the Lord preserved us. May the Lord preserve you and your family. It was the Lord who drove out the Amorites and the other nations living here in the land. So we too will serve the Lord, for he alone is God. Amen. Tell your neighbor, me too, and my family, we will serve the Lord. What about you? You know, one of the things that you, we, we want to just talk about this afternoon and then we'll pray is the fact that if we bring God into the center of our homes, our families, our lives, then what we have to realize is that now the image or the example we have is the Lord. Amen. Yes. And we know that we ourselves, we are made in his image. Do you get what I'm saying? So what it means is that 
if now the person we are looking up to, we are looking at, the person that we want to emulate is the Lord, then it means that our homes and our families must look like. Do you get what I'm saying? When we, when we think about the Lord and we think about who he is and what he does, it must reflect in our homes. Psalm 86. I read the Amplified, Psalm 86, verse 15 to 17. I read the Amplified, and then maybe we'll look at another version. It says that, but you, O Lord, this describing God, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in mercy and truth. Oh, turn to me and have mercy on me. Give your strength to your servant and save the son of your maid servant. Show me a sign for good that those who hate me may see it and be ashamed because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Amen. May the Lord help a family here. May the Lord help a family online. Yes. Helped by God. When a family has been helped by God, they are different. When a family has been comforted by God, they are different. The message Bible puts it this way. It says that, but you, O God, are both tender and kind. Not easily angered. Immense in love. And you never, never quit. So look me in the eye and show kindness. Give your servant the strength to go on. Save your dear, dear child. Can we describe our family like that? When they look into our family, would they describe it as tender, kind, not easily angered, immense in love, never, never quitting? Yeah. I mean, I don't know about your generation, but in my generation, you had parents who just gave up on their children. In fact, the child will say, maybe finishes GCSE and say, I don't do A-levels. They'll sack you from the house. <laughs> you're kicked out if you're not going to school. That's it. Do, 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 do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. But may we be families that don't quit on each other. Because every family has its challenges. Every family has its struggles. Every family has its setback. But if we are emulating God, and he never, never quits, then we can never, never quit. Amen. And he says that, give us strength to go on and save your dear, dear child. You know, there are so many people that their life has turned a certain way because people quit on them. Yeah. And sometimes it could be, it's not because they don't love them, but they will say, We've tried and tried. Do you understand? Especially if you have maybe a sibling or a parent, or maybe even you yourself went through that, who has like a drug addiction or alcohol addiction. Because at some point, now they become a thief. Do, do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, they become a thief. And then they'll be stealing in the house. And your reaction is, get out. Do, do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. 
And sometimes it's like, okay, let them hit rock bottom. When they hit rock bottom, they'll get sense. Then they will hit rock bottom. Then they go under the rock. But my prayer for us, that because of who we are and because of the God we serve, no member of your family will remain rock bottom. And we will not quit on anybody. If God didn't quit on us, we cannot quit on anybody. We don't have too much time, but I'll share a few things because I feel like I have to. And then we'll pray. How many of you think it's really important for us to pray? Yeah. A lot of families are so messed up. You know, and you see, for those of you who also have young children, those of you who are desiring to have children, everybody desiring to have a child will have a child. So long as you're under this covering, you will have a child. But you have to realize the generation and the dispensation you are in and realize that you need grace, do you understand, to even emulate what we see God do. The UK maybe hasn't gotten as far as most of Europe and America. But now when a child tells their teacher, I think I'm no more John, I'm Joanna, the teacher will say, no problem. And as for you, the parent, you don't even know that in school your child is called Joanna. Yeah. And now they get representatives in the school who will take them to the doctor to cut parts of their body or give them hormones to, it's crazy. And if you think it's so far from you, you're joking. Unless we rise up and bring God into the center of our life and everything else. Some of us may be young and may not appreciate, but you yourself, you can see that even with you, it's not easy. You hear the word of God every day and still make foolish choices. Isaiah 49, that's my last. I said three passages, isn't it? This is the last one. I'll just, we'll have a conversation for about 10 minutes or 12. Isaiah 49, I'll read from verse 6 to 11. May there be immense love in your family and in your home. Do you know nobody causes us pain like family? Because our expectation of family is so high. Our expectation of our siblings or our parents, parents' expectation of their children, you know, brother, sister, nephews, whatever. It's like that somebody else can do that. That's fine. But you. Isaiah 49. I read from verse 6 to 11. In the New King James. I don't know why they call it new. Want me to talk again? I haven't even started. Isaiah 49, verse 6 to 11. Is that what I said? Yeah. Indeed, he says, it is too small a thing 
that you should be my servant. Is it? It is too small a thing that you should be my servant. To raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. Today, God will restore. Yeah. He says, I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles. So within our family, some of us have been adapted into the family of God, and some are still Gentiles. But God has given you as a light. We'll explain some of those things shortly. That you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. That says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, their Holy One, to him whom man despises. Scripture never grows old. Aren't we living in a a world today that God is despised? To him whom the nations abhors, to the servants of rulers, kings shall see and arise. Princes also shall worship because of the Lord who is faithful. The Holy One of Israel, and he has chosen you, that says the Lord. In an acceptable time, today is the acceptable time, I have heard you, and in the day of salvation, I have helped you. This keeps coming verse after verse. May God help somebody. I will preserve you and give you as a covenant to the people to restore the earth, to cause them to inherit the desolate heritages. How many of us belong to families where there was great inheritance and all was lost? How many of us also belong to families that there's nothing to inherit? (laughs) You know, there are some cultures that when they have a funeral, I believe it's the Monday morning, the, the family gathers because there are things to tear apart and things to share. And there are some people too that they cancel the Monday morning meeting. It's not needed. May it never be said of you that you may say to the prisoners, go forth to those who are in darkness, show yourselves. They shall feed along the roads and their pastures shall be on all desolate heights. There will never be hunger in your home. They shall neither hunger nor thirst. Neither heat nor sun shall strike them. For he who has mercy on them will lead them. May the Lord lead your family. May the Lord lead your household. May the Lord lead you. If the Lord leads you, you shall neither hunger nor thirst. If the Lord leads you, neither heat nor sun shall strike you. Even by the springs of water, he will guide them. I will make each of my mountains a road and my highways shall be elevated. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, all the passages we have looked at are giving us attributes of God.
But they don't only describe attributes of God. It is actually who God is. Do you understand? Yes. So God is faithful. God is love. God is merciful. Do you understand? God is tender-hearted. God is compassionate. So which means that if now we say we are going to imitate God, then we are expecting that these attributes, we also have to have them in our families, maintain them, maintain them in our families. But you cannot do it unless you are very intentional about it and also unless you apply it. One of the things as a Christian, don't just be a churchgoer. Be an applier of the word. When you come to church or when you're having your quiet time and you read a scripture, the most important thing about reading it is what you do with it. So if we say that we want our families to imitate God, then we have to go and apply it to our families. And then not only apply, because sometimes we can do a night day wonder because the word of God came. And so you went home, you had family meeting. From today, I love you. From today, I forgive you. From today, we are all going to be Christ-like. And we do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, then Thursday. Nonsense. Then we are back to original. Do you get what I'm saying? So this particular day, I want us to have the mindset that if there are any of these things that Reverend mentions, and I can't see it being emulated in my home, or amongst my family, or with my children, or with my spouse, or with my brother, my sister, or even with myself, from today, I'm going to implement it. Because every time the word of God comes, it doesn't fall to the ground. It goes to accomplish the purpose for which God has sent it. Amen. May this be the attributes in our home. Do you understand? So I'm going to give us a list and I'm going to run through it because I have four minutes left and then we'll pray. I want us to understand that from today, what we are declaring is that my family and my home will intentionally be filled with, number one, love. Unconditional love. You know, the theme of the month, can you put it up there? Love. Unconditional love. The love that is generous. The love that is enduring. The love, it says enduring commitment. Which means that some people's commitment lasts a couple of weeks. Do you know there are some people that if they are able to stay in a relationship for one year, it's like sign and wonder. It's like a miracle. That was a breakthrough. They'll say that was my very, very, my, you know, longest relationship. And then they'll say, I have commitment phobia. <laughs> From today, may your family be loved. First John 4, the Bible says that verse 7 and 8. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So if God is love, then today I'm also, CICC, we are also a family, isn't it? So CICC is love. They will say unto us, I love you to say your own. I don't know what family you belong to. I know that some of you may find it difficult to say it when you look at your, and you look at your, but they are love. Because if you keep confessing it, do you understand? It will translate into real manifestation. Yeah. 
Some of us may have children that we can't love, may have siblings that honestly, Reverend, you should see them. When you see them, you understand. Not where God is concerned. Where God is concerned, we are going to be tender-hearted, isn't it? Not easily angered. Not easily angered. Not easily angered. I'm saying that somebody needs deliverance. Not easily angered. The person who angers you the most is your wife. The most, I mean, there are you people, some of us, there are some phone calls we don't take because it triggers anger. There are some people when they knock our door, won't open, and then we'll use scripture. I don't want to get angry. <laughs> Number two, my family and my home is intentionally filled with light. Amen. It's intentionally filled with light. What does it mean? It means that in my home, there's openness. In my home, there's clarity. In my home, there are no hidden agendas. In my home, we are free of suspicion. In my home, wrong is wrong and right is right. Remember that you are going to be a light to the Gentiles. So if you also accept in your home that wrong is right, then you are no different. Wrong is wrong. Sometimes you have to say wrong is wrong and right is right for somebody to feel offended and then they will come to love you even more. Or you don't get what I'm saying? Yeah. Psalm 89. The Bible says, you see, when we say light, everywhere there's light, isn't there brightness? Yeah. What it means is that let your home not be filled with people who have just frowned. There must be smiling in your home. There must be laughter in your home. Somebody say amen. Everybody has serious face. Everybody's like headmaster, headmistress, principal. Now, that creates darkness. Do you know that? Anger creates darkness. Moodiness creates darkness. When you look at First John chapter 1, I'm not going to read it. It says that God is light and in him there is no darkness. Amen. So your home is also light and in your home there is no light. There is no darkness. Amen. Yes. Hmm. Every home that has light is blessed. Psalm 89 verse 15, we read Amplify. It says that blessed, happy to be envied are the people who know the joyful sound, who understand and appreciate the spiritual blessings they walk in. Oh, Lord, in the light and favor of your countenance. Amen. Yeah. Just as we walk in the light and favor of the Lord's countenance, may your family walk in the light and favor of your countenance. Amen. Number three, faithful. 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 My family is faithful. Reliable. We can rely on them. Dependable. Trustworthy. See, when you say faithful, it's a whole lot. Yeah. There's certainty. There's assurance. Yeah. And faithfulness reflects in the choices we make and the decisions we take. God is faithful. God is always faithful. 
And faithfulness has to be chosen. It doesn't just come. Psalm 11 verse 30 says that I have chosen to be faithful. The NLT. I have chosen to be faithful. I have determined to live by your regulations. What did we say when we started? That we are going to be intentional. So we are going to choose. You see, when you assume that some people just have a grace to be faithful. No. Everybody has a choice. Everybody has a choice. That what you fell in and chose A, somebody fell in and chose B. So we are choosing to be faithful. Faithfulness brings blessings to the home. Proverbs 28:19 and 20 says that he who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows frivolity will have poverty enough. May you not be a frivolous family. You see somebody's car, you go and buy some. You see somebody's this, go and buy some. You see somebody's shoe, you go and buy some. The shoe doesn't even work on you. The dress, there's nothing like buying a dress that doesn't suit you. And it's very expensive. Then the verse 20 says that a faithful man will abound with blessings. A faithful man will abound with blessings. But he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. May there be blessings in your home. Because you have chosen faithfulness. Yes. Third John verse 5 also describes faithfulness as an action. Yes. Faithfulness is backed by action. It is doing what is worthy of a faithful person. It says that, beloved, the New King James, you do faithfully whatever you do. You do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers. And sometimes all of us may have found ourselves in it at one point or the other. Having to do something for a family member. But you yourself, you know that the, the way you are doing it, it can't be de described as a faithful doing. May God heal us. May your family be promise keepers. When they say they'll do something, may it be done. Because the God that we are serving, he's faithful to what he has promised. The one who has promised us is faithful. So if we are becoming like him, then whatever we have promised. Number five, merciful. Number four, merciful. 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 You know, when you look at Psalm 136, every verse ends with his mercy endures, depending on the version, his mercy endures forevermore. Um, I like the message Bible. Every verse, it says that love never quits. Love never quits. Love never quits. You know, mercy and loving kindness. Mercy and loving kindness. The amplifier, mercy and mercy should be a tap that never is turned off. Mercy and forgiveness must run because the God we serve, Ephesians 2 4 says that He's rich in mercy. Yeah. And you, when you look through scripture, especially when you look at First Timothy 1, you look at uh, Titus, you see that. Paul's greetings always had grace, mercy, 
and peace. Grace, mercy, and peace. Grace. So when we are allot a lot of grace to our homes and mercy, there'll always be peace. You know, and sometimes certain things, grace must appear. Do you understand? Mistakes, when people falter, make grace must appear. When people are in distress and they put themselves in their distress, you have to show mercy. When you have a child and you say, don't follow this friend. Don't follow this friend. This friend will lead. And then they follow their friend. Mercy must prevail. <laughs> mercy must prevail. Yeah. And any home, any family, that grace and mercy is, peace is there. Peace is there. Yeah, peace is there. He kept giving them the crisis. To Timothy, my true sign, the faith. Grace and mercy. Grace, mercy, and peace. Grace, mercy, and peace. Grace, mercy, and peace. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. May there be grace in your home. May there be mercy in your home. Yeah. Number five, be good. Yeah. What do we mean by good? It's not even in big things. It's just how you act. How you talk. Speak well of each other. <laughs> Treat each other well. Yes. You see that somebody is carrying a heavy lift. Help. Help. Maybe your husband is taking exams or your wife is taking exams or the children are doing something. Ease the burden. Do you get what I'm saying? Maybe somebody is going through a hard patch. They lost their job. Maybe that's your brother or your sister. Ease the burden. The pressure is much. Sometimes you may need to give them a helping hand for a season. Would they say thank you? Probably not. It's okay. It doesn't matter. And the last one is holiness. Live a life that is pleasing to God. May our homes be sanctified. May our homes be consecrated. This will also require us to have our own personal conduct and also how we conduct our homes. The way to consecrate your home is to instill the reverential fear of God in your home. The reverential fear of God. You know, scripture keeps telling us that God is holy. Do you understand? First Peter says that be holy for I the Lord, I am holy. And for you to develop that in your home, you have to be devoted to God. That is why sometimes, especially when you get married and things, you start off having praying together, studying the Bible together. It's very important because it helps you, you know. And when we talk about holiness, it even goes further. When, you, when the house and the family is consecrated and is sanctified and is set about, it's easy to respect and honor. Yeah. There's a lot of families that there's no respect. Parents don't respect children. Children don't respect do you understand? Yeah, sometimes you can go somewhere, you feel nervous. You feel like catching the child and looking left and right and sorting the child out, <laughs> shaking them, running over. <laughs> yeah. I think that respect and honor is end. You cannot impose. Children can fear you, but they don't respect you. Your spouse may be afraid of you, but she doesn't respect you or he doesn't respect you. Respect and honor is end. And one of the easiest ways to end respect and honor is for you to fear the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. When David said that, I've become wiser than my teachers. No. 
you acquire a certain level of knowledge and wisdom that it's like, ah, but you're such a young person or you're young in marriage. How do you have? No. It's your devotion to God. Haven't you realized how you have been trying to stop some sin or stop smoking, stop sexing, stop this, and you are struggling? Devote yourself to God. Yeah. Some of us, when we go home, we need to go and sanctify our homes. Yeah. For some of us, we have indulging God. You know, when we read Joshua and all other gods and ancestral things that we have permutated and combined, we have added the cross with a bottle of something, with something, today we break all of that. All we have is God. All we have is God. All we need is God. All we trust and we are looking up to is Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Let's rise up unto our feet.